Good morning, everyone. Welcome. It's another beautiful day, and we are pressing on in the Word of God. Nice to have you guys with us. Today, we're going to be covering a bunch of uh, Psalms. So get ready. We've got to cover Psalm 26, Psalm 40, Psalm 58, Psalm 61 and 62, Psalm 64, and to add all to that in the New Testament, Acts chapter 6. So while you're finding your place in the Bible, I'll go ahead and uh, get us ready with a couple of dad jokes, because it always makes me happy in the morning to rejoice in the, in the simple things in life. Um, what's the opposite of artificial intelligence? Natural stupidity. <laughs> and unfortunately, too many people in Washington have that today. Okay, let's try another one. Should you have your whole family for Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> no, of course not. You should stick with turkey. Uh, that's really bad. How about this one? Um, what kind of tree fits in your hand? A palm tree. <laughs> mm, maybe when you first get it. <laughs> All right. I guess we can move over into our reading for today. So let's find our place. We are in Psalm 26. Ask the Lord to bless it. Father God, thank you for this time that we have, and we thank you for all that you are doing. Thank you for the time we had with the, uh, the young ladies yesterday, and what a blessing that was and to see those young, young girls get encouraged in the Lord. It's always a blessing. Thank you for her name, Miss Madi, and for Miss Beatty, and for everyone, um, Claudia, everybody involved. Just thank you for all that, for what you did. And bless us as we look into your word, God. Show us these interesting truths, these Psalms of David, which are so important to know. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 26, this is a Psalm of David for integrity and prayer for protection. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Examine me, O Lord, and try me. Test my mind and my heart. For your loving kindness is before my eyes. And I have walked in your truth. I did not sit with deceitful men, nor will I go with pretenders. I hate the assembly of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. I shall wash my hands in innocence. I will go about your altar, O Lord, that I may proclaim with the voice of thanksgiving and declare your wonders. O Lord, I love the habitation of your house, the place where your glory dwells. Do not take my soul away along with sinners, nor my life with the men of bloodshed, in whose hands a wicked is a wicked scheme, and whose right hand is full of bribes. But as for me, I shall walk in my integrity. Redeem me, be gracious to me. My foot stands on a level place. In the, in the congregations shall I bless the Lord. And boy, just that one, I, I want to note there's that is so key in, in the Psalms of David, and this one expresses it so vividly, how his walk with the Lord, his life with the Lord was bound up in his worship of the Lord, and he longed to be in the house. He longed to go before the Lord and there have fellowship with him, bring his sacrifice, re receive forgiveness. This was what made him who he was, and we should get, gain a lot from this and think to ourselves, man, there's... There is that same desire in us that we long to be in the house of the Lord. 
to be there so we, we can, thankfully, we can get forgiveness anywhere. We don't have to bring the sacrifice physically any longer, but just to know that we have the fellowship there is so sweet and precious. Okay, continuing on now, Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction and out of the miry clay. And he set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. How blessed is the man who has made the Lord his trust and has not turned to the proud nor to those who lapse into falsehood Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders which you have done and your thoughts towards us. There is none to compare with you. If I would declare and speak of them, they would be too numerous to count. Sacrifice and meal offerings you have not desired. My ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have proclaimed glad tidings of righteousness in the great congregation. Behold, I will not restrain my lips. O Lord, you know. I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great congregation. You, O Lord, will not withhold your compassion from me. Your loving kindness and your truth will continually preserve me. For evils beyond number have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me, so that I am not able to see. They are more numerous than the hairs of my head, and my heart has failed me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. Make haste, my Lord, to help me. Let those be ashamed and humiliated together who seek my life to destroy it. Let those be turned back and dishonored who delight in my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, Aha, aha. Let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation say continually, The Lord be magnified. Since I am afflicted and needy, let the Lord be mindful of me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O oh my God. Psalm 58 now. Another psalm or a mictum of David. Do you indeed speak righteousness, O gods? Little g. Do you judge uprightly, O sons of men? No. In heart you work unrighteousness. On earth you weigh out the violence of your hands. The wicked are estranged from the womb. These who speak lies go astray from birth. They have venom like the venom of a serpent, like the deaf cobra that stops up its ear so that it does not hear the voice of the charmers or a skillful caster of spells. O oh God, shatter their teeth in their mouth. Break out the fangs of the young lions, O oh Lord. Let them flow away like the water that runs off. When he aims his arrows, let them be as headless shafts. Let them be as a snail which melts away as it goes along. Like the miscarriages of a woman which never see the sun. 
Before your pots can feel the fire of thorns, he will sweep them away with a whirlwind, the green and the burning alike. The righteous will rejoice when he sees the vengeance. He will wash his feet with the blood of the wicked. And men will say, surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely there is a God who judges on the earth. Psalm 61. Another Psalm of David. Hear my cry, O God. Give heed to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I shall call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock which is higher than I. You have been a refuge for me, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge in the shelter of your wings. For you have heard my vows, O God. You have given me the inheritance of those who fear your name. You will prolong the king's life. His years will be many generations. He will abide before God forever. Appoint loving kindness and truth that they may preserve him. So I will sing praise to your name forever, that I may pay my vows day by day. Psalm 62. God alone a refuge and a treachery and oppression for the choir director by David, according to Jeduthun. My soul awaits in silence for God alone. From him is my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will you assail a man that you may murder him, all of you? Like a leaning wall, like a tottering fence. They have counseled only to thrust him down from the high position. They delight in falsehood. They bless with their mouth, but inwardly they curse. My soul, wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be shaken. O God of my salvation and my glory, rest. God, the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Men of low degree are only vanity, and men of rank are a lie. In the balances they go up. They are together lighter than breath. Do not trust in oppression, and do not vainly hope in robbery. If riches increase, do not set your heart upon them. Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this. That power belongs to God, and loving kindness is yours, O Lord. For you recompense a man according to his works. Psalm 64 now, another Psalm of David. Hear my voice, O God, in my complaint. Preserve my life from dread of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of evildoers, from the tumult of those who do iniquity, who have sharpened their tongues like a sword. They aimed bitter speech like their arrows. They shoot from concealment at the blameless. Suddenly they shoot at him and do not fear. They hold fast to themselves an evil purpose. They talk of laying snares secretly. They say, who can see them? They devise injustices saying, we are ready with a well-conceived plot. For the inward thought and the heart of a man are deep but God will shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly they will be wounded. 
so they will make him stumble. Their own tongue is against them. All who see them will shake their head. Then all men will fear, and they will declare the work of God, and will consider what he has done. The righteous man will be glad in the Lord, and will take refuge in him, and the upright in heart will glory. So the Psalms of David are compelling, and we see so many details in there. Obviously, we just touched on that. His heart was after the Lord to be in the sanctuary, but we also see him confessing his worthlessness, his unworthiness, I should say. And that he, day in and day out, he sees himself as, as being in great sin, in need of salvation, in need of his Redeemer to redeem him, which is why he delights in being in the temple, obviously, so he can, he can bring his sacrifice and ask for forgiveness. But we see there are those around him who are trying to kill him all the time. And yet, with all that he's done, everything that's happened to him, he still is trusting and crying out to God. He's still writing all the time. And what a, an amazing thing to do as a king when you're so busy and have all the other things that he had to do and fight the battles, physically fighting these battles and going to war. In the evening times in his tent, he would take out a pen and start writing and cry out to God. That's a man that had a hunger to know God for sure. And God did meet him and God did deliver him. Now chapter 6 of the book of Acts, the famous chapter of the choosing of Stephen. This is very um, key in the development in the beginning of the church, the life of Stephen, first martyr of the church. Now, at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because the widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the mystery of the word. The statement found approval with the whole congregation, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, Nicola, a proselyte from Antioch. And these they brought before the apostles, and after praying, they laid their hands on them. The word of God kept spreading, and the number of disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. But some of the men from what was called the synagogue of freedmen, including both Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and some from Cilicia and Asia, rose up and argued with Stephen. But they were unable to cope with the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Then they secretly introduced men to say, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes, and they came up to him, dragged him away, and brought him before the council. They put forward false witnesses and said, This man incessantly speaks against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Nazarene Jesus will destroy this place and alter the customs from which Moses handed down to us. And fixing their gaze upon him, all who were sitting in the council saw his face like the face of an angel. <laughs> Good place to stop for today, to leave it, because we see this was the, the crowning moment in the beginning of the church. The church needed to spread out and go into all the world. 
they weren't. They were kind of hanging back in Jerusalem. And this is what God's going to use to get them on their feet and moving, persecution. So Stephen is going to be martyred, but here we see him with this great wisdom arguing against the council of all these mighty Jewish um, Pharisees and scribes and everybody who was trained up in the law. And here's little Stephen there just blowing them away with wisdom straight from really Jesus. And... (laughs) And then, of course, they see his face like the face of an angel. I, I don't think that was just um, philosophical or somehow metaphoric. I think what happened was they prob- that God, like the tongues of fire that came upon the, the disciples in the upper room, something came down upon him. He starts radiating the word of God, is my opinion. He radiates forth life and the word of God. As he's speaking, of course, they they can't <laughs> because they're they're getting false they're they're making false accusations. They're trying to find a reason to kill him, and God overturns their whole court hearing. And now he is, and of course, it doesn't help. It doesn't get him off the death sentence. But it's recorded, and they all saw it. They said they had to admit that they were dealing with something supernatural. And even though God was giving them this extra measure of grace. By showing him his face shining like an angel, they still hardened their hearts. God was giving them, I think, an opportunity to to repent right then. To let them know that they were dealing with Jesus, with the Messiah, not just Stephen. Jesus said, if they persecute me, they'll persecute you. (laughs) That, That we, as believers, represent him. And as much as you've done it, the least of these you've done it unto me. We see him say that too, so... Uh, they were they were coming against Stephen, and and really what they were doing was coming against Jesus. So his face shines like an angel representative of the risen Savior that he was serving. But, of course, he was a man that was chosen to serve tables. And what does that mean? Was he just a waiter? Some people say yes. But it's more likely the, the term there is referring to what we'd call a benevolence ministry, that he was giving a, a, an opportunity to witness to bring food to the ladies that needed it, the widows, not just to serve them food, but to um, serve them. This was a ministry of benevolence and looking at the needs within the community. It needed to be somebody full of wisdom and full of the Spirit of God, not easily manipulated. And how interesting, the very beginning of the church, we have people getting overlooked at a potluck. If that's what we want to look at it. Um, and it could have been, you know, they all sat and they all ate food together because they all had all things in common. They gave up all their money. But uh, this is something's never changed because we had to stop doing potlucks because less and less and less people were bringing food. Everybody, well, why do I need to bring food? Renee will make it. Renee's a good cook. She'll make it. And one other lady always brought spaghetti. So people think, ah, oh, why? And then people would come and load their plates up when we used to allow them to get their own food, and then everybody coming at the end would have no food left. And so they weren't, nobody was conscious or they weren't thinking about the, their brother and sister next to them and ministering to them. So, of course, we had to start serving the food ourselves and giving everybody small portions so it would all go around. And then people started complaining. <laughs> There's not a food. So, well, if you're complaining, maybe you should bring some food. <laughs> there was always stuff going on. So we said enough is enough, you know, um, the wisdom and 
grace God gave us was just say, okay, go eat in your own homes and then come here. Uh, it was a fun ministry. I enjoyed it tremendously. I'd love to do it again. But you know what? You need people that are full of the Holy Spirit to do it. Everyone, actually, those are people bringing the food. People have to be full of the Holy Spirit and think that, you know what, this is a ministry. I'm not just going to church to get food. I'm ministering to my brothers and sisters. And so it's a, it's a great thing. But I find it interesting. The church was never perfect. The church in the first century had tons of problems. But God blessed them, even in the midst of that. And so he can bless us as well. And that's what we need to keep remembering and keep praying for and just encouraging. we got to get the church back on its feet 100%. I, I keep talking to friends of mine. I just ran into a pastor friend of mine three days ago on the street. I said, how's it going? Is your church kind of, you know, wavering down on the numbers because our, like ours is here? He goes, yeah, yeah. I mean, after COVID, it's up and down and up and down. And we don't have the same amount of people with, or even with the same uh, conviction per se. There's always that, you know, the remnant. There's always the 3 to 5% that will never bend and ship. But the, the rest of the people, what we are talking about. So we need to be praying for, for that, for the church to become strong again and believers to make a stand and get back on their feet despite whatever's been going on and just serve. So, Father, thank you for this morning and thank you for giving us time together. Thank you for your word. And we thank you for that we can meet together daily. Thank you for the opportunity that we have now to have the um, Manna for Breakfast on the Albuquerque radio station to be announcing our, our program, God. And we pray that you would use that in the month of July to draw those that don't know you and those that aren't reading their Bible uh, into a daily walk with you. How phenomenal would that be? So, Father, we ask you to, to bless this ministry and to bless us individually as we read through your word to strengthen us and encourage us and help us be Bereans to know the word of God so we can share it stand up in front of the council of whoever and boldly proclaim your grace and your mercy to them so thank you thank you for all that you're doing we do continue to pray for those that are going through surgeries we pray that Juan Carlos gets that surgery done on his on his head, got his sinuses quick. Thank you for Maria Elena coming through her cataract surgery, for Yuvia's mom coming through her surgery. We pray that um, there's nothing. Uh, we pray that with Karen Scoo, God, that she doesn't need surgery. You'd just be shrinking her, her tumors down completely by medicine. The same with Anna Brionis, who has cancer on her ear, God, that you'd be using the the treatment to get rid of that. All these people, we just need to get our bodies back in shape. So we pray for that. And we give you glory for this day. And we give you all praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Keep sharing the podcast. And we're going to press on in the Lord. And we're going to make it. We're more than, I believe we're more than halfway now. to so move into the, the month of July. So it's going to get fun as we move on and, and get ramped up in the New Testament and some of these more prophetic books in the Old Testament. Looking forward to getting into Daniel and getting to Ezekiel. I always love those books. So God bless you guys. We will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional, which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word.